I know it's been a while since we broadcast, but there is a reason. Today's date is the 17th of January 2021. And most of this episode was written back in December 2020. Then Christmas tears changed, then changed again, then again, and then thousands got ill. Then we had a mockdown with schools open for an entire day, just to make sure that the millions of children spread disease amongst each other for one day. Then another lockdown, pretending to be a full lockdown, where pretty much everyone was exempt from lockdown and everything was open. So, we are currently experiencing the highest number of Lurgy deaths ever, and we're experiencing more infections than ever before. Also, if that were not bad enough, we're about to be infected by the Brazilian and South African strains, which seem to be more deadly, and we're supposed to no longer travel anywhere and all the airports are closing. So... From a tourist point of view, not exactly good news, as unless you're going to be able to walk out of your front door into Bristol, you are unlikely to get anywhere near there right now. With all of that said, if we do not put this episode out now, we are never going to get round to it. So please read or listen to it and enjoy, knowing that in about a year's time we might be able to visit these places. We finished our last episode of A to Z venues just outside of Bristol, and this one is finally going to get us into... Bristol, Somerset, or Gloucestershire, um, or Bristol. Well, normally, I would read out what county the place we're going to talk about is in. However, Bristol is a very weird one, so let me show you what Wikipedia says. Bristol is a city and county in south-west England, with a population of 463,400. It also has status as a ceremonial county. It has a Lord Lieutenant, in other words. Although it lost its title as a full administrative county in 1974. The wider district has the 10th largest population in England. The urban area population of 670,000 is the 11th largest in the UK. The city lies between Gloucestershire to the north and Somerset to the south. South Wales lies across the Severn Estuary. So, as you can see, it's hard to define what county this city is in. Another thing we need to do is separate Bristol from a few of the surrounding areas. Clifton, for example, is in Bristol, but it's a very large place and it deserves its own entry in our Encyclopedia of Spooks. Another thing about the Bristol ghosts is that a lot of them are in pubs, museums and indoor venues, so we'll skip past those at the moment and maybe return at another time to try and cover these. Instead, let us start at a perfect place to spot Christmas spooks, the cathedral, where we can find the famous spook called the Grey Monk. The cathedral is situated in some of the oldest parts of Bristol, so it's no surprise that we find tales of spooks around here. This ghostly monk floats along between the cathedral and the library, and has been seen many times over the years, including this century, so you have as good a chance as any to try and spot this one as he disappears through the wall. The cathedral was built in 1140, or at least some of it was, I do not believe for one minute they built the place in less than a year. I've seen grand designs, and they need to hurry up and get a roof on it before winter, and then they go over budget and cancel the swimming pool, but to be fair, that may have happened, as the last time I visited the cathedral, they did indeed not have a swimming pool. I don't think a font counts. In 1542, the remaining portions of the cathedral were completed after various bits being demolished were repaired and refurbished, and we then get the new cathedral. The library was built on the remains of the old priory. The grey monk has been spotted here as well, or possibly another grey monk, 
The habits worn by the monks were actually black, so the grey monk stood out quite a bit as an interloper, or possibly he's been seen around for so long that repeated washing of his garments in a washing machine at too high a temperature has bled the dye out. Maybe we should club together and buy him a new habit for Christmas. If we fail to spot this monk, we could head over to All Saints Church and do a bit of a church crawl, which is not as much fun as a pub crawl. Sadly, the only things you are likely to consume are small amounts of wine and maybe the odd wafer. This monk that is seen at this church has obviously read the instructions on their paranormal washing machine as his garments are still black. This monk is also thought to be guarding some lost treasure. It is safely stashed away in some secret hideaway near the church. The treasure story starts back in 1538, when King Henry VIII decided that monasteries should dissolve in water, or at least that why I think I remember from school regarding the dissolution of the church. He basically decided he needed cash, and the best way to get cash back then was to take it from the rich, a system which we seem to have forgotten in these political times. The rich back then were the church, so he sent his friends off to ask nicely if they could have all the gold and treasure from the places of worship. Not all churches were particularly safe, so several kept their money and gold in one place, a church vault or bank. All Saints was one of these treasure houses in the West at the time. They got a message before the King's Men's arrived and hid the silver, and to this day it has not been found. Some of it, however, did end up in the King's purse, as they collected crosses, cups, candlesticks, bells and various items, but no major haul as expected. So they asked around, and the rumours they heard made them think there was more to be had. So they politely asked again by ransacking the building with a little bit of torture, and even splitting open pillars and floors. Their efforts were, however, fruitless. If we believe in calendar ghosts, then perhaps Christmas may work to our advantage, as in December, back in 1948, a woman was decorating a Christmas tree which was inside the church. Christmas trees being a well-known Christian symbol, and honestly not a reference to ancient tree spirits and nature worship during the pagan festival of Yule, and looking up, she noticed a monk walking down the aisle. Sadly, All Saints Church is no longer open to the public, but this is not an issue, as this monk has been seen just as many times outside in the surrounding areas. Another stop on our church crawl brings us to a graveyard, that of Arnos Court which I've always found to be a beautiful and peaceful place, but not if you encounter the spooks here, however. One of the ghosts could do a very good job of shattering the peace, as she is thought to run around screaming her head off in public. People believe it is the ghost of someone who accidentally was buried alive, and no one realised until they exhumed the body many years later and saw signs of a struggle as though trying to dig and claw her way out of the coffin. The other spook you might bump into is a woman dressed all in black, who's crying and grieving for her long-lost love, that of her husband, who died in World War I. This is a very difficult task this week, trying to send you to places that are safe to visit. A few weeks ago, the South Korean study came out saying that this virus is airborne and travels up to 20 metres, and this current new British strain of Covid is 70% more transmissible, so technically there is nowhere that's safe if there are people there. The best places are obviously parks, open field, woodland and so on, but do not forget you will not be the only people there, especially parks. So let's go to Vassals Park and see if we can find two people that we hope cannot give us corona, as they are already ghosts. And as far as we know, they're not capable of passing on Covid strains. Though if you're a fan of Ghostbusters, I think Slimer would possibly be capable of it. 
The two spooks that we are looking for are the Duchess of Beaufort and yet another monk. Vassals Park is one of the large parks in the Fishpond area on the Oldbury Court estate, and here comes the legends and backstories. The Duchess is thought to haunt the area due to the fact that she was struck by lightning whilst out riding her horse, and over the years people have reported seeing a spook on horseback riding through the park. She has, perhaps, learned her lesson and got off the horse, as she is also possibly the white female form that's seen floating around the park, specifically around what was Duchess Lake. One report of Ghost Hunters Looking for the Duchess was printed in the Bristol Evening Post on the 19th of February in 1965. It was a big white figure of a horse with a woman sitting on it. It was moving in and out of the trees. We kept seeing it at intervals, then it disappeared, said Terry. We think it must be the ghost of the Duchess after whom the lake is named. She lived in the mansion which is now the hospital. There is a legend that if you wait near her monument for long enough, you'll hear three knocks, which apparently signifies her presence. There are more spooks in the park. One famous one seems to haunt a footbridge across the river Frome. Either the Duchess got cold and put on a hooded cloak, or we have another monk-style ghost this one floating along with its arms outstretched. The witnesses claim that it has no hands and feet and just floats along, so perhaps we just have a cloak in a storm flying around in the wind. One eyewitness claimed that the ghost floats along the bridge, then turns back and floats back, disappearing into a wall near the start of the bridge. Or, perhaps, we have the ghost of a monk called William. The legend states that there was a monk called William that got walled up alive, or, and this may be the legend of a Catholic monk or priest, which could be the same legend. History is not good at paperwork sometimes. Before we get on to the legend of the spook, then we might need to explain to foreign readers and listeners that at various points in history it was illegal to be Catholic, and you had to, by law, be a Protestant. Then a few years later it would swap round and you had to be a Catholic, by law. Then give it another 20 years, a new monarch, and we're back to square one, because God forbid people should worship the same God in a slightly different way, especially at Christmas, which Boris Johnson has tried to stamp his name on by cancelling due to his incompetence, and the only other time that was done was by Oliver Cromwell. Perhaps Boris has realised he cannot emulate the one good thing that Churchill did and has decided to copy another historical figure instead. We have our fingers crossed that the next one he tries to copy is Charles I and we can chop his head off. With all that in mind, let us return to the fact that Catholics at some point were being persecuted, and estates who owned a priest or vicar would have an escape hole or a hiding place in case the religious police came knocking at their door. There was once a stately home on the estate who kept one of the aforementioned Catholic priests. Perhaps the religious police overstayed their welcome, or perhaps the owners of the priest forgot about him and got bored like having a puppy at Christmas. Sadly, there was no organisation to take back Catholic priests at the time, and this priest supposedly died of starvation in the priest hole. Therefore, quite a few spooks to spot. Obviously, if you are hanging around the bridge, then remember other people need to pass you, and this lurgy can travel 20 metres. Also keep your ears open, as there are reports of phantom monks chanting. So, another possibility of hearing some live music, or dead music for the first time in nine months. Another great haunt of spooks is a lunatic asylum, and a house in Victoria Park Road nearby was built on such a site. And was apparently so haunted it required an exorcism. 
Not that we can investigate a house, just though I, I thought I would mention it to show you we are in a paranormal hotspot. We've spoken before on our show about Ashton Court, but I'll mention it again as we are in the area. The most famous spook is on clear, moonlit nights. Can I suggest, if we are lucky enough to have a moonless night in the next few days, to get out there and have a look for the Christmas Star, which is the name that the internet and newspapers seem to be given the conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn. They will appear in the sky as a large star as they align in the night sky, and astrologers and other lack-of-science scientists are getting very excited, because obviously nothing will happen other than something interesting to look at in the sky. So try and get out on a clear night and see it, and a good place is Ashton Court, as the ghost will also hopefully appear. This ghost is a headless horseman, but there are also reports of a grey lady and various phantom hounds and, of course, shucks. Another park we can get access to is Hengrove Park. This is a popular area with um, a skate park, so be aware there are many people wandering around. But it is the dead people we're looking for, and not the soon-to-be-dead people, if they keep mingling. If people approach, then obviously keep your distance. That is, unless they are dressed in World War II uniforms. One spook is apparently a World War II crash victim dressed as a pilot. He wanders around, supposedly trying to work out where he is. Another drifting lost military figure can hopefully be seen on College Green. There is a story about a ghost that in life was a deserter, running away from the conflicts going on between England and Scotland, which, let's face it, could be any time in history, especially now. Remember, this book was written before Scotland left and became a wealthy EU member nation under their independence. This deserter was supposedly put to death for his crime and can be seen drifting around the green in the early hours of the morning. If you're planning on flying into Bristol Airport specifically to go ghost hunting, uh, good luck with flying anywhere as the world justifiably shuts its doors to visitors from the UK, then take the A38 into Bristol as you may spot a couple of ghosts on the way. Near the reservoir by Barrow Gurney, there is a part of the road that is haunted and has caused a few near accidents in its time. You might even see the skid marks that were left on the road, left by vehicles all trying to avoid hitting the spook. Thankfully, this ghost is a nice easy one to spot, as she's wearing a white coat. She does, however, have a habit of stepping out in front of vehicles. Another route in goes via the monument on the grassy hill next to the M32, where you might see another girl on horseback. This time, not a victim of a lightning strike, but instead someone who fell from their horse and broke their neck. In death, she seems to be a better rider as she manages to stay on the horse. We're going to do an episode that involves a lot of pubs and places that you can go into, but at the moment Bristol is not a safe place to visit. And before anyone in Bristol starts complaining, I mean that in the context that nowhere in England is safe to visit. So I'm not picking on you in particular, but if you are in the streets in Bristol, let's see if we can find a couple more outdoor spooks. With the country about to go possibly into a real lockdown, as opposed to the two pretend ones we've had so far, and this mockdown, then the streets will get quieter, meaning we need to head to the passageway between Shaftesbury Avenue and Banner Road. It is here that there is supposedly an audio ghost. Listen carefully for the phantom footsteps that are said to walk around when there's nobody here. Now, off to St Nicholas Street. It is here 
that there are reports of a Victorian woman and also of the ghost of an unknown man that seems to wear clothing from the 20th century. Not a great description, I know, but I'm pretty sure I'm currently sat here wearing clothing from the 20th century myself. At this time of year, the one place you should definitely go is the Christmas Steps. The street was originally called Queen Street in medieval times before it was renamed as Knife Smith's Street. Nothing too scary. This is not the home of the of the town's hitmen specialising in bladed murder, but tradesmen in the area. The Middle English pronunciation of Knife Smith with the K sounded might be the origin of the street's modern name. Knife Street, Christmas Street. It gets there eventually. An alternative theory is based on the nativity scene found in a stained glass window at the Chapel of the Three Kings of Cologne, which stands at the top of the street. In the 17th century, the Christmas Steps is also believed to have been called Lonsford's Stairs for a short period, in honour of a cavalier officer who was killed at the top of the steps during the siege of Bristol in the English Civil War. It's not a ghost of a cavalier that we're looking for, though. The steps were the original way up to the gallows at the top of St Michael's Hill, and lots of witnesses have reported hearing the screams of people being led to their swinging death. Not only that, it's rumoured that the houses on the south side of the street are built on top of an old cemetery. Another ghost we could look out for on our way to be hanged is a young girl who is said to have drowned in the River Frome, which once came up to the foot of the steps. If you're unfortunate enough to have accrued huge amounts of debts by being a student this year, firstly, you have my condolences on gaining a debt that you will take the rest of your life paying off, to cover your qualification that will be out of date by the time you get it, and secondly, why not drown your sorrows by doing something intriguing like ghost hunting? Though if you're drowning your sorrows, perhaps you've indulged in a different form of spirits which may explain the sightings of the headless horseman that's seen riding around this area late at night. Heading further afield, we find Stapleton Woods, and we have mentioned this area before in a previous show, so we won't talk too much about it here, but instead recap about the phantom in the woods that approaches people whilst out walking. This ghost seems to look like a real person, although the descriptions claim he looks like a Civil War roundhead. So, I can't see too many people being duped into thinking he is real. He approaches you as if to say something, but instead just walks straight through you. This episode was mostly written a few days before Christmas, and if you were all lucky, then, like Scrooge, we may have been haunted by several spooks, unless they were the Victorian haunted pencil that is Jacob Rees-Mogg, as we all watched Muppets Christmas Carol. Hopefully we'll be able to get another edition that talks about places we can actually visit, but that all depends on the human custard pie that is Boris Johnson, who's hopefully not changing the rules again before the next episode and the general public actually being sensible and keeping their children away from schools, nurseries and parks. History has taught us never to underestimate the stupidity of the great British public, so God only knows what the next chapter or episode will give us. Now we are recording some episodes now mostly on Zoom, so we'll have several of those coming out and next week we're going to have what should have been our bonus Christmas episode that would have gone out on Christmas Eve. But obviously it couldn't because it was all about places that we should have been doing and the rules were changing and it was impossible to keep uh, a track of what was actually happening. So we'll put that one out next week just so that we can actually get out there because it does mention several other Bristolian spooks. So until then, well, you know what we say. 
keep safe, keep sane, if at all possible, and keep spook spotting. Goodbye! <laughs>